This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt. His name is Chase, and today we have got two guest repeat offenders, uh, two guys you've heard from before, two guys you've enjoyed talking to, and today we're shifting gears. We're shifting gears kind of hard, but kind of not at the same time. We'll get to that in just a second. It is summer, guys, which means there is a litany of things to do, especially in the deep south, especially in Florida. I hope you're fishing. I hope you're out there shooting your bow. I hope you're doing all kinds of stuff to take care of business in the off season. because while it's the off season, it's hard to kill deer if you're not preparing for it. But at the same time, if you live in the deep south, the fishing is remarkable right now, and you need to be out there doing it. Hopefully, you're out there in our Yakking for Bass Challenge, having a good time, catching fish, raising money for, for charity. We absolutely set a record this year. I want to say thanks to you guys for making that happen. There's a lot of guys who signed up and donated money, didn't even participate. Uh, they bought hoodies and you know, just, just to, to help fund uh, TakeMeFishing.org, which is out there trying to recruit the next generation of anglers. And whether you're a hunter or uh, you know a hunter exclusively or not, you can get behind something like that. And you guys have leveraged it hard to do exactly that. And I just want to say thanks right off the top for that. It's been an absolute blast. We've got a week two update coming, and it's going to be something really special. So you guys pay att- uh, pay attention. This is going to be a blast. Uh, today we are talking deer. Uh, we haven't talked deer seriously uh, since Chase killed his buck. Uh, on public last year, we've just kind of been moving through the, going through the, the, the motions. I started looking at the podcast titles and we talked to deer afterwards, but it, you know, the season was behind us. It didn't quite feel like the same thing. And, uh, several of our Patreon members, in fact, both of the tonight's guests are Patreon members are part of our digital deer camp offline. Uh, they have been begging us to start talking about deer. In fact, one of them has been imploring that guys start taking it more seriously if they want to kill big bucks like him. So we said, listen, if you're going to be 
be the big buck legend, the South Alabama legend. You got to come back on the podcast. We also went out and found one of the most enthusiastic, positive, hard hustling dudes in Alabama who last year had, I think, one of his best seasons to date. Speaking as an observer, he may or may not agree with me, but it was awesome to see him progress and to see the South Alabama legend partner up with him to get him on deer. We have got Brett Mashburn and Ron Wiggins back on the podcast tonight. We're talking gear. This is going to be a BS session. It's going to bounce from topic to topic. We're going to have a good time doing it. Gentlemen, start your engines. Podcast floor is y'all's now. I'm just going to mute my mic. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody who doesn't see this right now, I am sitting in a fishing shirt with fishing rods next to me with fishing tackle in front of me. My brand new wool black and gray southern ground flat bill uh and uh i'm still thinking fishing but i'm starting to think deer because brett has talked more trash in like the last four hours than i've ever seen in my entire life started i didn't start it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't start it did i start it yeah i probably did that sounds i mean that if you went to my wife and said, if somebody goes to wife to my wife and says, "Hey, your sus- your husband got knocked out because he was talking trash," she would tell you to stop right there. She believes you and just to tell you know, just tell him she, when I can post bail on my own, she'll come get me because I talk more crap than anybody. Period. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Chase is talking because he knows it's true. Ron's just yeah. grinning, and Brett is waiting for the introduction. So, because Brett's not going to take it away, I'm going to tell you what happened. So, actually, no, this isn't how this goes down. This is not how this goes down. Brett, you're working on a really cool project. Why don't you kind of tell everybody what you got going over there? Because it, it truly is actually really freaking sweet what you're doing. So I'm trying to figure out a way to ground hunt a little more effectively without getting busted. And I want to try like a ghillie suit thing, but I'm actually going to go with a basically a ghillie hat tape as maybe some people would call it is basically just a bucket hat that's already got some webbing on it and i took some it's like fishnet material like one inch square (laughs) and i took it and put it out where it'd be long enough to drape down to like my waistline or just a little below and i attach that to the to the hat and put a bunch of uh synthetic ghillie material on it basically made my own like ghillie suit but as a hat where you can fold it up real small throw it in your backpack you can go in and uh if you're going hunting somewhere on the ground once you get in there and get ready you just pop it out and put it over and it drapes all the way around you so you're basically inside of it till you get ready to draw back and i've been working on that to try to to try to uh Seal the deal on killing a uh, a more mature buck that I had some encounters on and kind of get busted within 25, 30 yards. Just trying to figure out how to be more effective. Do you have the hat, Brett? Yeah, I do. I don't have it right here beside me. We'll run and go get it. We're going to pause this, ladies and gentlemen, for for radio (laughs) identification. Jesus. Amateur hour. Was it Ron Burgundy? (laughs) Ron's going to get a beer I'm drinking coffee at 9 o'clock at night (laughs) I'm drinking the old trusty Dr. Pepper You like your sodas man 
I am a soda fiend. You are. You are. You don't. You don't drink any kind of like coffee. I've offered you coffees multiple times. You almost always ask for like water, Coke Zero. Are you still on the Coke Zero thing? Um, I hadn't been drinking Coke Zero very much. I kind of got off the the diet yeah. drinks. Yeah, drinking the leaded now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Ron. What you what you drinking on over there? Gold. Oh, oh. Tell me you got a promotion without telling me you got a promotion, sir. <laughs> yeah, this is expensive stuff here. <laughs> My wife's boss got me turned on to it, and he's a millionaire, so yeah. Oh, there you go. Wow. I'm not, but nice. uh, I drink like one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here he comes. Here, here he comes. comes. <laughs> <laughs> Old boy's got himself a woolly bugger. He done turned into a he caped out a woolly bugger to make this, I think, is what he's done. Yeah, this would be cool. It's really eyes on this thing. This is something that Brett has been talking about doing though, you guys, for quite some time. That Brett and I have you know, he has I I joke a lot of times about him being the South Alabama legend. But realistically, I do think what what Brett does is quite legendary. He puts in an intense off season effort. He 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 journals and chronicles and logs everything, um, and his ability to find like areas of nuance to exploit un un you know like unpressured areas that are right in plain sight. This I think is kind of where some of this sparked because last year he took and I'm kind of speaking for him right now because he's getting set up. But uh, he took his ground game to another level. Uh, and got really close to some really big bucks on the ground. He, he got it done in Missouri, uh, but in Alabama he had some really cool encounters. And I think this is kind of what he thinks is like the missing piece to making that a more routine thing. So I'm like hyper, hyper like aware of what he's got going here. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I don't hunt from the ground very much. So. Me either. Not, like, not at all, hardly. Until like late last, late 20. Early, it was like January of 2021. I started hunting from the ground. I started getting like really six and obviously right. I killed that buck, but I started getting on deer more frequently. And that's when I started talking to Brett about this and he was kind of already ahead. No, he was ahead of me in many ways. So, all right, Brett, give him a rundown of what you got here. Remember some people are listening on the podcast. All right. So, I just went on Amazon. I found a, a, a bucket hat. It's kind of like a, I don't remember exactly where I got it, but the bucket hat is camouflage. It's got a, it's already got like knitting webbed into it. So you can attach stuff to it real easy. And I got this one inch brown. It's like a fish net. It's one inch squared off of Amazon as well. If you're watching the video, you can see I'm holding it up. And I basically <laughs> draped this across the hat and cut out just what I thought I needed, you know, just DIY. And then you can go on Amazon as well. And this is a synthetic ghillie material. And this is already a mixture of camo. It's got different greens, um, tans, browns, blacks, and different colors. So I took this off and I basically just tied it onto that fishnet. And what I have come up with is what some people have referred to. I actually seen this on another YouTube video and it kind of uh, just... Uh, took it and kind of dumped some some of my own things with it, but got the idea from somebody else. So this was it, is, the, was it the Untamed? No, definitely oh, not. Okay. <laughs> he says but, uh, definitely not. <laughs> the bucket hat, and uh, I don't know. Maybe you can see. It looks like a long cape. 
It looks like a hula dress to me. It does. In fact, yeah. You can hold it up fairly good, but all you have to do is put it over. And you're basically <laughs> camo. Where'd you where'd Brett go? <laughs> and then like it's open in the front, so like drawing. I had to do a little practice with it still. But that's basically the concept. And you could take being this is net, you could take like little limbs, say you're around grass or pines or something you could take little branches and stick inside so you blend in a little more but you basically take this you know you can get out of it real quick it's open you still draw your bow and i got that where there's not too much hanging over the bill of the hat but basically where they can't see your shoulder lines i'm gonna do face paint or either a uh, face mask so that's basically what I come up with. So I have a question for you, Brett. I did a, a lot. I, both times I just needed a, one deer. I needed like two steps on the other deer. He seen a little bit of the movement of me drawing, and he had just his head around the tree and his vitals blocked by a tree. So I mean, just by a little bit. I'm also going to make part of this. I'm going to put on my bow. I'm going to make a the right side of my bow or my quiver, I'm going to make a thing that goes in my quiver holder. And it's basically going to be this netted material with the ghillie on it. And it's going to act as a blind. So if you were looking like this, you hardly see me draw back to help hide that movement as well. Just to try to get that little bit of an edge or extra two or three steps I need on them. Do you think that, that, that that's going to get in the like fall off your shoulder or something like as you're as you're drawing no because i mean it's the net's all the way to here so I mean, it naturally wants to go over my shoulder and just sitting there yeah i mean it looks good yeah i mean i, I can see where uh it would definitely definitely um help yeah i mean you look you look like a bush just a yeah. random bush and then when you add that that live vegetation in this as well that should help you know a little bit more but basically they can't see the human form and with a natural blind you should already have something kind of behind you a little bit in front of you as well and this right here is just really going to break that human outline that i feel like it's going to give me the edge i've heard other guys who's really successful in ground hunting and they really believe in breaking up the human form and uh they've they've gotten away with a lot with just a ghillie suit which just is the same thing it's just built onto a hat where you can get in and out of it easy just open and i'm just gonna yeah man that thing is sweet it it looks really good see it's all it's all just like that yeah breaks up silhouette looks like it's easy to pack you can just put it right there in your bag how much did that cost you would you say um I would have to look it up, but uh, I'd probably say some somewhere around maybe uh forty bucks, okay, something like that. By the time you buy everything, but I got enough net and enough material left over that I could literally make make a blind like a state blind with it if I wanted to. Yeah, you know, I could take that net and then make something like, that and you could actually maybe use it as like a ground blind that you could stake up. Well, Brett, that looks awesome, man. That thing looks uh, 
like it's going to be diabolically effective this year. Like that just looks like it's going to be something that it works effectively. It's, it's insanely well. And one of the things we, we just swapped between devices. So if you hear a difference in the audio uh, here, um, I'm not able to record to my computer for some reason right now. So we're kind of lumping this all into one audio file. I apologize if it's a little distorted, but it is what it is. Um, one of the things we were talking about while I was making that switch was the fact that you could put that thing basically into its own bucket and not have to wear it, you know, a mile and a half back there. Cause you walk some pretty insane distances to get to some of your spots. Oh, yeah. Other spots are right off the road. And I walked through a lot of thick stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have to do that with that suit on. No, and yeah, thorns too. Hat on. <laughs> yeah. It folds yeah. up decently well. I don't, I wouldn't say it would fold up inside of it still because all the material on it, but it folds up small enough. You could see it and, the top of your bag, if you had that much room in your foot bag, like eight, six, eight inches or something, it would Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I mean that you could put even put it in a stuff sack. Probably you could take that thing, put it inside one of those stuff sacks, and really like crank the air out of it and push it down even further, and you'd be off to the races. Oh yeah. That's awesome, man. That's that's too cool. So one of the things that I think is going to be fun for people is you and I are doing something similar this year. Um, I've threatened for years, but I've always been too, I, I honestly, I haven't had the confidence to do this, but that is hunt short pines from the ground. There's a lot of really good areas that are short or immature pines or just immature areas where you can't necessarily get uh, up into a tree but once you get down you know on knees or stool level there's really neat little shooting lanes and you see a lot of deer habitat that has um that ha- that you know that that maybe isn't accessible through what is conventional means today you know we we migrated from hunting on the ground to hunting into a tree and now we're seeing this kind of swing back to hunting on the ground why why has this become so important for you well i'm just trying to get to the deer that i'm wanting to harvest uh so when a lot of, in the background, yeah, <laughs> I'll see that a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of pressure gets put on in the uh, public land and all. These deer really seem to push back into some of them thicker places, and uh, it was also one of my goals last year was to improve upon uh, something I thought I was uh, lacking in uh, weekend or something, and that was ground hunting and uh, calling. So I really worked on that this past year, and uh, it definitely opened my eyes up to ground hunting. It is very, very uh, fun, addictive, and you can do it, and it is difficult, yeah. really. I mean, you're just getting into it. There's a learning curve. I mean, you're going to mess up way more than you kill, but you can put yourself in positions to have more opportunities, just say, at a three-and-a-half-year-old buck or something that you may only have like one or two of a year, you may can have a few more opportunities getting in them thickets like that on the ground. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. What? Go ahead. I mean, that's the main reason why I did it. And um, I just knew that's where the deer were, and I wanted to go after them, so that was <laughs> the, only, the only way I could do it. That's yeah. what I did. Well, it's going to be – Harder for you because you're bow hunt only. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it really definitely adds to it, especially, I mean, you're <laughs> bow hunting the entire season when other people have a gun in their hand and probably yeah. you would have taken some of the deer that. Uh, oh, no, they could have took every one of the deer that I think is 
when I seen them, they were within pretty much 30 yards, and I was on full draw on two of them within 20 yards of me. And mm. Come oh, so close to being able to shoot. A 90-inch deer, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. They look, a 90-inch deer looks 120 on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> looks different from the ground. Just I've been fold. I shot a, uh, what was it? It was a, a 120 one time, and I swore to God when I shot that thing, it was a, every bit of 140 inches when I, I was like, I have just killed the king of the woods, <laughs> Mac Daddy. I mean, it was still a really good deer, but when I got to it, I was like, oh, this ain't the deer that I shot. Like, it took some major ground shrink uh, when I got up to it, for sure. Well, if, if you remember the deer that almost ran over Walt, he could have swore it was a lot bigger than <laughs> yeah that was that was i think y'all put the tape to it wrong because that thing was a solid 133 <laughs> now i told y'all how big that deer was when i shot it <laughs> he called it. it was dead on <laughs> well he was the only person that had a still a moment to look at it sitting still so <laughs> only time i've seen it is when they come out of the swamp with it yeah yeah, I saw it when I thought Ron was going to shoot me trying to kill it. So <laughs> <laughs> when that thing came busting out of that swamp, I thought, dear God, Ron's going to throw that buckshot and I'm going to catch one right to the gut, man. I'm telling you. And he waited, man. He waited, but dead gummit. Oh, yeah. It definitely looked bigger on the ground. Uh, and, yeah. and it's going to look bigger anyways, the area we were at where there's no trees or any frame of reference yeah. or anything. Yeah. All deer look bigger. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, was, like that. I was shocked when I, uh, walked up to it and seen the body of it yeah and it's just i just i didn't realize how small the body deer were over there. yeah the body looked smaller i mean everything but i mean that's florida deer for you mm -hmm. so and i'll I'm, I'm sure that deer was rutted down uh as that's a good well. point yeah uh, that was really late season 20 30 shoot some of them lose 40 pounds just about I'm taking a uh, probably Sunday. I'm going up to that spot. I'm going to do some bass fishing. But while I'm up there, I'm going to pull my stealth cam. I'm going to run up to that area where you were chasing. I'm going to take a uh, camera back there, and I just want to see. I want to see what else is moving through there because here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. Okay, I'm going to put that dead gum camera up, and I'm going to get nothing but like three points and four points and like seventeen does all through the rut and everything and chase is going to put in a couple hunts there i'm gonna put in a couple hunts there ron and brett are probably gonna put in a couple hunts there that spot forever will be the gar hole and the only reason why a hundred inch deer was killed there will be because chase randomly decided to walk in there that day i guarantee it i do have an update about that spot oh yeah uh our buddy craig mentioned that uh they burned that area yeah oh, it nice. looks good too yeah so yeah, it could have used to burn for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh. He said they burned it early in the year. Oh dang. I was gonna say when I go when I go out that way one day, <laughs> I might have to go walk around. Yeah. Well my <laughs> area over there where my camera my is. <laughs> that area where my camera is, there's a lot of rubs and a lot of bits that I found. So I would walk that area for sure now that they just burned it like last week. Literally last week. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. I plan on walking. I plan on walking that swamp edge. I'm gonna come in kind of from the southwest and come up around and walk like walk that, that whole like piney flat swamp edge that was there, Brett. 
I'm going to walk that going back over towards, because you should be able to look in either direction for like a solid 50 yards as open as it was there to begin with. Um, it looked like it was a pretty decent burn. I went, I pulled up um, Sentinel hub. Actually, when Craig pulled up Sentinel hub and sent me a picture of it, the burn line went like right past my camera and curved. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so I pulled it up a couple of times since. And it, that whole area got burned really, not like burned to the ground, but like a real good quality burn. So that area, uh, should kind of be freaking juice, as the cool kids would say, uh, come bow season. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily plan on hunting there again. So, yes, y'all can have at it. I saw <laughs> after I went back and uh, listened, because I was listening to everybody on the Patreon hunt and the deer encounters and where people were seeing deer. And then I went back and started looking at the map uh just just off of that and uh i'm pretty sure that um i found a couple of uh sweet areas uh that nobody had marked uh on the map and uh, i'm gonna go in and uh, check those areas and uh see what i can find well stay out of my honey holes <laughs> why somebody needs to kill the deer there <laughs> encounters we don't want to hear encounters yeah. we want we want we need some bone on the ground walter i, I agree it's time to lay some some bone <laughs> on the ground for sure <laughs> i'm i'm looking forward to it this year this will be uh the, you know he'll be dude y'all knock on wood my kid is sleeping through the night. He's even sick right now, and he's sleeping through the night. That is a humongous improvement. So uh, I talked to my old lady, and we had a whole conversation about it. And so September, October, November, I'm going to be hunting like one day a week for like a half day, long half day. It'll be a hunt scout type situation. One weekend a month, I've already got it on the calendar where I can hunt for the whole weekend. But then come December and January, it's going to be the three amigos. It's going to be Ron, Brett, and myself running that place into the ground i'm telling you right now i already told her i was like listen if i have to give up one of those weekends in september so be it but come december and january that's holy ground she laughed she's like you're gonna have to start telling people no i was like i'm gonna do it i just need you to know i'm gonna hurt some people's feelings hey you want to come to this birthday party no. <laughs> <laughs> my son's graduating cool i'll send him a card hmm. i ain't got time for it no more i got yeah. it all done sounds like oh, yeah. you'll be wearing a clown suit then <laughs> oh man you're gonna be wearing the car all right so let's talk about this one day one one day a week I guess. let's talk about this so i started making the migration to ground hunting have we already talked about this we hit pause on that. i can't remember if we talked about the details did we no ron's over there like I, I, ron you just said you you ground hunted you started ground okay, hunting cool, cool. late 20 something yeah so so we, we we ground hunted uh it has been growing in popularity and brett he just runs his mouth all the time I mean, it's just nonstop. Okay. And, and, and he's like, I'm going to kill something from you know, the ghillie. He's like, I'm going to do something Walt can't do for y'all. Yeah. And I'm going to kill a deer on camera and better yet, I'm going to do it on the ground. And it's going to be the next Boone and Crockett record for Alabama. And, and I'm going to shoot yeah. it like 10 steps in the heart. I mean, he, he just laid this whole master plan out there. And I took offense to that, man. That, I, I, I put off this false bravado, but I'm a big sensitive man. Deep down, I cry at night. I, you know, A Walk to Remember is one of my favorite movies. Okay. And that hurt me. But it also, I was like, you know what? I can take the sadness and I can channel it into anger. 
and payback. And so I threw a challenge out there and I said, I'm going to kill a deer from the ground on camera before you do. And I've got a whole week ahead of you. And I'm tempted to burn every bit of goodwill I have at my new job just to take that first week off in September, screw up all of the fall plans I just talked about just so I can go kill one of those deer before you. Because if you lose, you owe me your ghillie suit and you have to hunt at the Patreon hunt in September in Florida wearing a clown suit on camera. (laughs) That's it. Nikhil's starting on the ground. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Hydrate now. Big if. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a lot harder than saying. Oh, and and on top of that, he's like, "You're not going to do it. You don't hunt anymore. You you know, you're just a stay-at-home dad. You know, he's throwing all this crap out there in the polo group." <laughs> and I said, "Better yet, I'll give you the lat belong of the tree that I'm going to put my back up to when I do it." So Brett's got it right now. And and but hold hand to God, I'm going to Facetime that Joker. Opening morning, Saturday morning, when I've I'm killed a deer in that spot. So everybody contact Ron. You're putting in the, the highest bidder is going to get the pin. The way you <laughs> kill the deer for he does. <laughs> so I want to throw this out there. Walter is starting a week before me. He has all the camera gear and the setup to capture this. I'm going with, as of right now, one action cam. And possibly a cell phone. So, all the I'm bringing you a daggum action cam this weekend. So you gonna have two. I. That's fine. Okay. So two action cams and yourself and your cell phone. Well, if I have two action cams, I won't use my cell phone. Oh, okay. So you got to get it on film, right? Yep. Yep. So if it's you kill it, clear. You can't you just kill, kill something and it be like behind the tree, be like, oh, nope. Okay. It's be on film. With a bow on film. Mm-hmm. And Ron has everything written down, right? Right. He has yeah. all the rules and regs and everything. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I'll save the polos and put them in the bowl prediction thread. Okay. I, I, like I got them all saved on my phone as well. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm and I'm throwing all these challenges out to the Brit. And then he goes and insults me. <laughs> the man sit here and goes, you know, you haven't formally accepted this. You know, he's like, you know, I've got, I've got everything saved. That way, I issued the challenge. I don't have to accept the challenge that I issued. If I'm like, dude, I bet you fifty bucks, and you're like, bet, I don't have to be like, yeah, bet. <laughs> <laughs> because I threw out there, I will take that bet if you were going to send me that camera and on public land. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, public land only. I got the spot. I have had deer in front of this camera every day between 8 and 10 a.m. since January 7th when I put that thing up. It is, as we record this, May 26th. They've gone from rutting to post-rut to losing their antlers. Them jokers got antlers growing right now. There's fuzz on those noggins. Peach fuzz, gentlemen. Peach fuzz. My whole... My whole hope for this is to light a fire under Walt this year. Well, you done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see hope so. We, see if we can get him out there. How many hours you got in, Britt? Just got uh, I think last I looked was 48 hours, and I don't remember. I think it was like 28 or 30 miles. 
Mm. And I'm gonna cruise up to my spot in my canoe, opening morning with 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 three Walmart arrows and some old rage chisel tips, and <laughs> crank a deer opening morning. <laughs> hey, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I can kill any deer too if I want to, but mm-hmm. I'm looking for certain deer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How many sheds have you found, Brett? Uh, this year, fourteen sheds and two. Unreal. Million. 14 so i'm still good on the under i'm still good when i took the under yeah so far. Does, that count, does that count for the one that uh you found in during our turkey hunt yep. yeah okay what was your what was your under chase uh i thought didn't you you said like 26 or 28 yeah. or something like yeah. that sheds. yeah that's what i, I said, said the uh under but yeah the under was a safe bet because i found them all last year yeah, you found a ton last year. Well, sometimes it seems like you find like a batch of them, not that year, but like previous mm-hmm. years' sheds. Yeah, yeah. as most well. Of, most of them are like that. I did find a, a really fresh one turkey hunting on a piece of public land that had to just fallen off within a week or so. Still had a little bit of red on the end of it. Okay, nice. Mm. Nice. I Brett, think I Brett's a like Mark Drury, dude, in the South, because he, he's the guy that goes into a spot and he's like, I killed this 10 point, and here's all six years of its shits. <laughs> and it's like he's found all of it. And it's so <laughs> aggravating, man. I do because have I will go, I will, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> because I will, I have put in the kind of hours and time that he does, and I'll find like a spike shed and freak out like I just won the lottery and brett will get on polo while you're at work it'll be a thursday afternoon you're just starting to feel good about the week the weekend's getting here you're almost done and brett will send you 13 consecutive polos with 13 sheds that he's found on a fresh burn and it's just like you just want to kick him out the group dude it's 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 so maddening (laughs) oh yeah well i'm going to try to take some uh that new action cam i got and try to break down some of my um my trail camera spots and kind of what I'm thinking in that spot and why I put it there and uh, just just all my thoughts about that spot. Maybe uh, maybe it'll turn out something pretty good. Just take, yeah, I guess that's... Film, just take some film of scouting period and see what it comes out to be. I think that's something important to talk about note for everybody is uh brett has uh so brett's already sent me the the footage for a doe kill that he got on camera cell film this year it's really cool um he need, just needs some help tweaking some of the, the files and so i'm gonna help him with that so that'll be on the youtube channel but what he's talking about is going to land on the chasing tales outdoors youtube channel so if you're listening to this and you want to follow along with the south alabama legend you know i don't just say that facetiously i, I genuinely mean it i admire brett's effort i have no capacity to do what he does um, but I love living vicariously through him because his 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 vigor that he applies towards pursuing mature whitetail bucks in an area that and, and a and a big mature whitetail, not just like he's a five year old ninety inch buck. I mean, he's going after some really stud deer in an area that's really hard to do that. Uh, he's going to be documenting that for you guys and bringing it to the channel. And I'm really excited to see the kind of misadventures that he and Ron get into this year, uh, filming for each other and 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 whatnot. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm uh, hoping it all works out pretty good. Uh, I know sometimes with a buck, you don't have really the opportunity to get that camera on them, and I'm not going to miss my shot, but yeah, if I have the opportunity, I'm definitely going to give it my all. 
But uh, more than likely with doe kills, it's going to be I'm going to get it on film or I'm not going to shoot her. Mm. Ron's, Ron's in agreement. He, he's going to bum his wife's GoPro. <laughs> Is that your wife's GoPro? Yeah, it's Hero 10. I bought it for her. For your birthday. sister. Oh, it's your wife's. Okay. Well, oh, it's nice. Alabama, so. Yeah, I don't live in Georgia. <laughs> I live in Alabama, so. Yeah, I know. Roll Tide, right? Yeah. <laughs> sister cousin. <laughs> sister wife. Sister wife. That's what I meant to say. Dang it. I messed everything up. I swear. <laughs> but all right, so it's a GoPro Hero 10 that you bought for your wife. What's up? Yeah. What's the deal? Uh, well, I bought it for her because she loves saltwater fishing, and she's been wanting to uh, – uh, film a lot of her saltwater fishing uh, or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, you want to let you borrow it? Use it for, I asked her if I could use it for hunting, and, you know, she was – I think she's going to let me. We'll see. <laughs> you tell yeah. her we're going to get her some uh, deer hearts. For yeah, yeah. We'll get her some deer hearts. She loves deer hearts. So. My kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always great when you can buy your wife a gift that you can use as well. So, oh yeah yeah oh, god so many jokes um <laughs> <laughs> there's kids listening to this walter jesus um so let's talk about gear for a second because this is the time everybody's tinkering and so the the, the patreon group is non-stop in fact to the point where chase has basically said I'll, I'll pipe in periodically but i can't keep up you know he works 24 7 he's he's always he's always doing something you know and so uh, you know, but the pulse over there is nuts. You guys jump from topic to topic to topic. And the coolest thing is like, everybody knows a little bit about something in that group. And so it's bouncing from thing to thing to thing in this little hodgepodge of a podcast we've got right now with the personalities, we've got two underlying traits. You've got two people in this group who like to tinker and two people in this group who do not like to tinker. I'm a tinker. Ron's a tinker. You two Chase and Brett, y'all seem to just buy stuff and be happy with it. And I, I have a formal question on behalf of the Rons and the Walters. How do y'all do it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I tinker a little bit. I've I, I just, it's not my, it's just not my thing. I, 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 there's so many other things that I feel like I could be doing. Um, I'd rather spend time scouting, uh, being out in the woods um looking at maps uh, i mean the gear i mean today a lot of today's gear is premium anyways so it's not like Point. you have to tinker with every little thing to make it work and i feel like um a lot of that time could be better suited me scouting or uh putting out trail cameras uh things like that because that's that's how i feel like i get on the deer my gear doesn't get me on the deer like it helps me harvest the deer but it don't get me on the deer so if you're just spending a ton of time tinkering all the time where if you, you could be spending that uh hour out scout i'm one of those guys where it's like if i have an hour then i'm going to use that hour i just don't go okay i only have an hour type mm -hmm. thing i would rather just go out even just like this uh yakking for bass challenge like if i have an hour to go fish then i'm going to go use that hour uh, to go fish instead of staying at home or doing whatever. So sure. I, I just don't feel like I needed to tinker that much. Uh, and I watch some of y'all tinker and I, it kind of intrigues me from time to time, but I'm also not a, 
perfectionist. So me tinkering with stuff is probably going to mess it up more than uh, what it already is. Uh, so I'll just leave that to professionals. Yeah, <laughs> the Brits. I, w- I would rather buy, spend the money and buy quality gear and be able to use something like that for five or six years than to more or less go to buying cheaper and DIY and all. I'd rather just go ahead and buy one really quality gear because there's some great stuff out there. And I will tinker, but my tinkering is going to be to uh, to more or less get my system down just a little better, something that makes it a little quieter, a little faster, a little easier, uh, more, more or less. So it's going to be minor stuff. I would rather definitely be out in the woods uh, doing things like that, um, shoot my bow. I kind of try to wait for rainy days or bad weather when I'm off to do more of my tinkering on those days, kind of like today. So I would just rather buy quality gear once and and uh, then doing more DIY stuff because I'd rather spend my time out out in the woods and doing something with that. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I can't think of it at the moment. Right, while he thinks about that, Ron, did any of that make sense to you? I feel like they were talking Spanish or Portuguese no. or something. Actually, <laughs> actually, honestly, it's right where I'm at now. Starting last Dad, year. Come it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, and Brett's kind of got me onto that, is uh, putting more time into that scouting and uh, mm-hmm. instead of my gear. So even though I've written all this down <laughs> about gear stuff uh i'm still a gear junkie don't get me wrong i just had to tell myself no uh, and, and get figure out what prioritize what's more important in my opinion um yeah so. and, and i can get behind that too in a sense that you know you guys are talking about like the the spend that time scouting instead of tinkering and with, with stuff for me, it, it, it hits a different chord. Last year, I kind of started to get out of it myself because I started wanting to go to other States. I had every intention of hunting Alabama. Uh, that obviously didn't work out. I, I hunt Georgia every year. That's a $305 license, I think now, or 300 and something dollar license. <clears throat> and so, you know, gas is now $13 a gallon. And so it's one of those situations where it's like, I can keep put, sinking all this money into all this gear or I can just take what works you know, hunt from the ground if I'm not comfortable with, with my climbing setup until I can get a good climbing setup or, or, or whatever, you know, I'm looking for those pieces of gear that do everything. You can hunt from a saddle, from a, from, from a sapling. If you need to, you know, have a good elevation to it, you can sit on your platform like Brett has talked about before, which is something I plan on doing this year. And so you have these options. And for me, I'd much rather do something now than buy something. Yeah. And I mean, like on my platform, I did some tinkering with it to be able to do ground hunting. I mean, it was something I already had. We all know a good quality platform is pretty expensive. And I just took like, I guess you would call it like an Academy Walmart um, one-inch pad that's got a little handle. And just put it over to uh, basically the cleat and down the Like pose. a thermo-rest pad, right? Yeah, exactly gotcha. like that. And I found it takes two for all they sit, but... I just took them and slid over it, you know, just did a little tinkering with that, you know, just minor stuff. And like back when I first met you and Chase, you know, I took away the tighten straps that you use for your sticks 
that come in real handy. I really like them. And then uh, really the, the biggest gear thing for me that I've done in the past three years or so has to be a saddle. I mean, for me, uh, going from climber and then big lock-ons to uh, saddle really helped me out gear-wise. But I try to keep a bow for six to eight years. And, you know, I don't like swapping them up because I like to be real familiar with it and just just be like second nature when you draw back and shoot. I don't like to change my bow a whole lot. I'm going by quality sights, quality strings, you know. I will change them about every three years, but mm. I try to get something and stick with it. That way it's just one last thing to think about when I'm out there because muscle memory and when you're changing your stuff all the time, uh, you have to relearn how to use all that gear because there could be something just a little different about it, like your sticks or a platform or you change your saddles. You know, you got to take all your little things that's on your old saddle off and incorporate it yeah i just like to find a system and stick with it and spend more time uh, out in the woods as much yeah. as i can it took me a few years to learn that too and now that i'm dialing in my system instead of changing different things uh i feel like even you know that's why i feel like last year was you know a lot of my success i would say was because of that instead of changing things up so much so I think I think everybody has to dial into what makes them a good hunter, right? Like their style, you know, if if to equate this to fishing, my comfort zone is top water. You give me a frog, I can go to just about any place in the south and I can find myself a fish. Uh, give me a, a, a worm and I can bump it along the bottom somewhere and I can catch a fish. Those are my two go-tos. You ask me to use a jerk bait, a crank bait, uh, stuff like that. I can't do it. It's just not my forte. With enough practice, I could. And I think everybody gets their own kind of hunting style down along the way as well and i think that for me the saddle has been instrumental in the elevated hunting game and getting places and doing stuff i'm kind of excited for this ground game because when i look at a lot of places around here especially in florida especially on the panhandle i see a lot of opportunities to hunt from the ground and it's not as sexy and and it, it has its own drawbacks in some regards you're not gonna probably see as many deer because if they're on the other side of the bush you might hear them and not get a shot brett's already kind of talked about how if he had had a gun he would have killed some things but i can tell you man i sweat a lot i sweat a lot um and I, I don't like the heat. And we have a lot of that here. And the idea of reducing my pack to camera gear, which uh, camera, tripod, and fluid heads, three and a half pounds, a platform with a foam cushion to sit on, and a ghillie suit and a hydration bladder, boy, and, and no setup time. I mean, we're talking, you walk to where you're getting to, you get there, you put it on the tree, and you sit down. Maybe you cut a couple branches out here and there to stick around you. Uh, but, man, the, the setup time to that. And then Last year, one of the cool things was when, man, you get to a spot sometimes, you get set up, and it's like, man, I'm just not feeling this after an hour. You just pick up and move. You know, you put everything back in your bag real quick, and you just pick up and move. And I did that several times in the last two year, uh, two seasons and got on deer afterwards. Maybe I could have got them at the next spot, but my gut just told me I was in the wrong spot. And it wasn't one of these things like, God, I got to tear everything down, climb down the tree, put all the camera gear away. No, man, you just you just moved. You just you went with it. And I think I'm excited about this. I'm kind of excited to bum knowledge off of, off of you, uh, 
Brett, as we go, because I feel like you're obviously going to hunt about as much as Chase does, and that's, that's pretty much every day. And so getting to see that progression is going to be really cool. What you think about that, Chase? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the uh, ground game myself. Um, I think that there's definitely some areas where I hunt where – uh, the ground game would be, uh, more effective. Um, heck, even in, when we were in Missouri, uh, this past season, there was a lot of areas where it was just no tree really, especially for two people, <laughs> uh, to get in, in Missouri, it was kind of mm -hmm. a pain. And I felt like, uh, some of the spots we were like out of the game, so to speak, because we were trying to get two people in this one particular tree where is there was a couple of trees where I was like, well, I could get in that tree by myself probably, but with a second person, uh, definitely couldn't. Um, but there were definitely areas in Missouri where I could see that would be uh, effective, uh, hunting on the ground. And like Walter mentioned, there's a ton of areas here in Florida where there's short pines, like thick short pines where there's not a tree within a quarter mile that you could possibly even get into, mm -hmm. uh, to hunt out of. Um, so I, I like, uh, that, uh, Walter is, uh, pursuing the ground game. I, I mean, as far as me, uh, I, I'll probably do it some, I'm not necessarily trying to uh, bet anybody ghillie suits or being Bozo the clown or anything, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I feel like that's probably, I mean, like you said, a weakness. Yeah. It's definitely a weakness. Cause I just don't do it a whole lot. Um, and Alabama deer, Florida deer. I mean, we know how skittish, uh, those deer are <laughs> in Alabama and Florida. Oh, and, yeah. uh, it, it doesn't take much for them to go blowing or, to run a hundred miles an hour in the, the other direction, uh, calling, you mentioned calling too, which calling is definitely just something I don't do very much of. Um, I, I mean, grunt call things like that, but actually like rattling and stuff like that. I've done it from time to time. I've never had an encounter with a deer, uh, from, from rattling. And it's probably just because I'm not doing it enough. <laughs> I would say definitely. I mean, it's I did it in – I've done it in the same place and had no reaction. And then certain times of the year had a lot of good action. So I almost feel like it may, It could just be the time of the year and the location as well. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, and also I, I think finding finding the, that buck willing to do it that time of the year, right? Like you got to catch them in the right mood. But there's days if you were like, man, I'm going to beat you up, be like, okay. Sounds good. Have at it. You know, like I, I really don't care, dude. My car, my truck tire just blew out. I can't afford my mortgage. My dog just died. My wife left me. It's like, okay, just, just beat me up. I mean, this is good. And I just think like we, we, we forget that deer have, that's not based on any real factual events, but yeah, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like deer have personalities too, and they get tired and they get fr frisky and they, they get aggressive and they, they're, some of them are wimps, man. Some of them, there are some bucks I've grunted to and those jokers have took off. I'm just talking like the scalded dog cousin Vinny has, has met, had met with them before and they do not want that butt whooping again. You know, it's just that they're gone. Um, but I think, you know, I grunt all the time, bow season or not. I, I tell you why I'm bored. 
I want to get down. I want to move. And I'm like, if I grunt, who knows what's going to happen? I'm just going to sit still for 15 more minutes, you know, I'm like, bet, bet. Okay. Sit still. And I'd be like looking around, like, you know, and, and I can convince myself it's a mind game to sit still. The downside, the, the upside to that is I've had a lot of success grunting deer year round. I, I did the, I did the math on this and I have shot at or shot five different bucks grunting. I have called in 11 deer grunting bucks wise. And I've called in 21 deer buck and doe grunt and, and doe bleeds. And so, especially bow season in Florida, one of my favorite ways to call does in is to get that can that, that doe and heat call that, that can and turn that joker over. I have called groups last, last year, a hundred near, Ooh, I almost said something I shouldn't have said. I hunted a place that is loaded with deer. And I turned the, 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 the doe and heat over one time during archery season. And I had seven deer come down a trail, just kind of looking like, Oh, Stacy need, you know, she twisted her ankle or something. I don't know what they were thinking, but they just kind of came down meambling, right. Got right to the edge of bow range and just kind of hung out there. And I couldn't get a shot. And I knew that that would probably work because during the rut, the, the previous year, I was over there just freaking hammering that thing. Like there was just, you know, one really lone doe and I had does come in the entire weekend. They just kept coming in, just kept coming in. I couldn't shoot them because Florida hates does, but, um, I call all the time, man, and I have a blast doing it and a, a fair amount of success, I think. Yep. <clears throat> I know one thing I got to try to get this year is a, I want to try to get a new range finder. I've had mine for at least probably 10 years, maybe more. It's just, it's getting on up there. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few times that it didn't want to, uh, work right so i'm getting where i'm gonna have to get me a new one of them here pretty soon Hopefully you get I, got, I got the old simmons right here yes sir that uh it needs to be replaced i've had it four or five years it's been a great one but it's just time for a new one yeah and were any were any of y'all changing up uh your setup stuff what one of y'all getting some new sticks or something uh, I got the Timber Ninja sticks. Okay, that's right. Uh, for this year, so I'm gonna have to get with you, Brett, just to incorporate the uh, sweater. You use the sweater, right? Yeah. Uh, he uses the canader. The, the sweater, not the nader, <laughs> but the sweater. So, but I've got long legs, <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, and really in Florida. I fe- you don't really have to get above about 13, 14 feet, honestly, uh, nope. in, in most of the areas. Um, I've got four, I got four of the sticks with the eighters. Um, I'm pretty sure I can get up to maybe 18, 19 feet or something like that with those four sticks um, with the eighter. Um, if, if I had the suader, uh, I'm sure I could probably get up 30 feet. Uh, yeah. would would be my guess um for that um but i'm gonna have to carry the bow a ton again this year because i'm back in the bow hunters league <laughs> with, are you uh, brett oh, and uh we added a brandon uh ogden who's uh been on the podcast and uh we should hey, be dropping his uh an invite his youtube video here soon uh got the his, thumbnail it's, it's waiting on you 
Oh, okay. It's just waiting on me. I figured yeah. you would just. Uh, oh, if you want it. me to. Yeah, I yeah, can do it. Yeah, do it right now. Thing. With this, the turkey one, or yeah, it's mm-hmm. the turkey one. Okay, it's the 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 turkey hunt. But uh, he he's gonna be uh, one of the members. I mean, we're basically competing for our state. <laughs> the three of us combined aren't gonna do any damage uh, as a team unless yeah. we all strike gold in uh, Missouri. But even then, I mean, the it's the winners be- are. Averaging like 170 inch deer, especially with Brandon on that lineup. It's yeah, I mean we got two Florida and an Alabama, so it's not like. And, and there's teams with three people from Iowa on there, so a bunch of them. Yeah, if we had all drawn Iowa this year, I told I was like our chance of winning is, if it could be negative, it would be negative for us winning the Bowhunters Challenge. But I was like, if we all three drew Iowa, then I would give us a percentage chance uh of winning like 0.05 percent chance of uh of winning the bow hunters league um because some of them guys i mean it seems like they're averaging like 170 inches per team member or something like that for uh, a deer so that that's going to be out of reach but we can the cool part about it is you can win your state which i think brett you won alabama last year right yep i did so brett actually won the state of alabama for the bow hunters league uh, last year with that buck that he killed how many inches was that it, it so was she like said. 115 and two eight, i believe there's a lot of people so out there right now no listening guy. to this that are thinking they can knock you off your your throne sir yeah i mean it, it wasn't a big buck by no stretch for alabama but this is bow hunting only with a um no crossbows basically mm-hmm. a vertical bow only and uh is just for the members of the bow hunting league, whoever um, signs right. up. You got to actually sign up for it. It's not. It's not against everybody by no means. <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely didn't win the state. <laughs> it was. It was really cool because I actually won a free shoulder mount, all kinds of different prizes. I, I actually just got in some more prizes this week. I won a big free. It's like a Yeti company. Ed gum. Send me like a tumbler, a 32-inch tumbler. I got some fixed blade broadheads, uh stickers, some more koozies. Uh, Ed gum it. Uh, something else. I won Zinger Fletchings. Uh there's a cool company out there called Taggett. They make decals. You send them a picture of you, or that you send them a picture of your buck, and they actually make a sticker of your buck. It's is a Zach Rack. And they send it to you. They have a picture of the deer that you killed. It's like a vinyl decal. So that was really cool. They sent two of them, two different ones. So you got them like in the back of your truck, huh? Do what? You got that thing plastered in the back back window of your truck? Oh, no. (laughs) I I, I don't want nobody to see all that. I put it on. I put one of them on that new uh, cup I got. And then the other one's going on my um, my cooler I got. It's kind of like a Yeti cooler, but not a Yeti. The one okay. I won at a turkey banquet about five years ago. Nice. Dad gummit. All right, so anybody who's listening to this podcast, over the course of, of doing this podcast, I have now published a much-anticipated uh, banded Florida turkey 
So uh, excuse the fact that it's a hen. Uh, he he had never shot a turkey before, and he saw he saw the jewelry and just pulled the trigger. We've we've contacted the authorities, but you know we, we can only do so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brandon called me the other day, man. He's got some high expectations for this year. Yeah, he does. He's uh, I mean, he's coming. He's got a whole week blocked out for uh, one of the WMAs that uh, we hunted last year. My birthday week. Late season. Uh, mm-hmm. He was texting me about, was like, hey, you going to come? And I'm like, yeah, I'll come up there for a few days mm-hmm. uh, and, and hunt with you guys. So, but that, that's like a late season hunt. Uh, he's going, we're going back to Missouri uh, again this year. Um, don't, we will not be up there the same time as Brett. So that more than likely depending on the weather uh we won't I be, able to be leaving when before. y'all are getting there yeah so brett will be able to give us a good scout report yeah. and uh i mean we have all of brett's pins now so we know exactly where to hunt <laughs> <laughs> but i had i had to work for him last year <laughs> oh yeah 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 exactly no that that's true very true so I'm not too need, worried about it. I need that pin where he found where he shot that deer from the ground, man. Have we had Brett? Have we had you on to talk about that, man? Uh, I don't think so. I, dude. I, I, I don't. I really don't remember if I've even talked to anybody about them deer at all. E- either one of them. Is the statute of limitations up? Can you actually tell the story? I don't know. Depends. <laughs> you you need to tell everybody because this is this is like wicked cool this is like the thing of like actually, actually i think we did talk about adversary deer yeah i we think did? he was on when he was on last we talked about it yeah because i think chase brandon and myself i think we may have talked about that one already yeah god knows 23 inch fish just got submitted oh nice yeah that's a long guy i can't remember do it again so along the gear so so along the 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 lines of like preparation right going into this what what's on the 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 mind of the greats right now like what i'm I'm gonna shut up because i'm not in that company but i'm curious like what's on y'all's agenda what are you doing right now to get ready for deer season well obviously for me is i'm i'm trying to work on my ground game Trying to find a way to be able to seal the deal on the bucks that I've had uh, close encounters on, but encounters are great, and uh, there's a lot to be learned from encounters and mistakes. But now I got to take the mistakes, turn them around, and make some success out of them. So I'm determined to kill one in there on the ground with my bow, and hopefully on film if if I'm able to. But I've been working on that that ghillie cape hat um rechecking my bow i've been out shooting my bow getting ready making sure that i'm shooting it staying familiar with it and then i still like i said earlier i plan on building some more stuff for my um for my that goes on my bow for my draw hands and then i'm doing a lot of research on uh different chairs possibly different ways to set up on the ground other than the platform that could make things easier 
Yeah, and, you know, I, I keep going back to what Graybeard said about that little collapsible aluminum chair that he's got that, like, just goes in the bottom of his backpack and never comes out. Is that what you're kind of talking about? or? Yeah, I mean, like, it could be something like, it could be anything. I mean, I'm looking at, like, a turkey stool that's more like four legs and it's got, like, a trampoline seat type yeah. deal on it. I'm looking at that where you, you kind of lower to the ground, possibly. Looking at maybe some type of chair like that, that or like a three-legged chair that it's kind of like a turkey chair, but it may be like it swivels, so it's like a minimalist, but I can still swivel and pivot to get the shot I need. You know, if I have a deer coming in from a a, a side I'm not expecting it to come in or something, I'm just trying to figure out what that best way is still. That's what I'm working on right now during the off season. Hmm. So hopefully I can capitalize during the season. Along with uh scout and running trail cameras. All right, Chase. What what's what's going on in your world, man? What 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 are you doing in your off season besides uh ditch pickles for life? <laughs> All I'm doing right now is ditch pickles for life. I've got um other than uh, making plans uh for hunts that i'm gonna do uh, mm-hmm. this year uh putting in for i put in for my archery quotas uh the other day for my uh which like the going back to the last episode uh put in for the uh quotas and then once this fishing tournament's over i'll start diving into it more uh getting out there shooting my bow uh probably scouting some uh there's a couple of uh well i I need to get out and do some scouting for the uh, patreon hunt uh coming up in september so i plan on at least getting out there getting a lay of the land for the patreon hunt and um yeah that's pretty much it though right now i'm not uh i'm not hardcore this time of year i'm gonna be honest with you uh more into uh the fishing right now so once that's over then i'll uh i'll dive into it I've found that I don't, I don't enjoy going out this time of year, uh, for, for Florida (laughs) and, uh, scouting, uh, because it's so hot and a lot of the areas I hunt are super thick, uh, right now. Um, and it's just, I don't really feel that I learned that much right now. Mm -hmm. Um, most of my scouting is in season, honestly, with, uh, boots on the ground. Uh, in-season scouting i prefer to do that and then uh, i did uh, a ton of scouting during turkey season so i I did do quite a bit of uh, scouting during uh, turkey season when i was out so those are my major scouting times is turkey season uh, during the season and then i will uh, do some kind of in the summer just just kind of depends gotcha yeah, I, I found that summertime scouting in Florida has been kind of hit or miss. There have been some places I've gone that have, have been like really productive in the summertime. Most times it's not. It, ironically, the places I'm talking about ground hunting are actually some of the places that have been most productive for me summertime scouting, which I think kind of bodes well for what's going to happen this year. Um, but, you know, South Georgia is a totally different thing. It's like in South Georgia, you can go up there, you can find deer sign. You can come back to it come October and there's deer there. And it's like 
that was predictable. That's what they. That's what Dale, um, John Eberhardt's talking about when you go out there and you scout and deer have predictable movements and stuff. I was like, dude, South Georgia boys, Georgia boys, anybody other than Florida boys don't know how good they've got it. I don't care if your deer density is one deer per square mile or not. Deer do deer things everywhere but here. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some areas. There's a well, and I'm sure that is like everywhere else. Like you can run trail cameras in that spot 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. And there will be deer show up in a 10 day window in that area. And that's the only 10 days that they're going to be in that area for the entire season that you're going to catch them on camera for the entire season. Yeah, you've got a spot just like that, actually. Several spots like that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the and the public, private same type thing where it's just going to be on fire those 10 days if you're there those 10 days you're golden if you're not then uh you're, you're going to be out of luck and there are some areas where um i have found that i'm able to pattern uh the deer a little bit more regular but um it uh it makes it difficult and I, like i said in the summertime i just i mean i can go back and look at old sign and uh stuff like that but and try to make a guess to when that sign was made, but I could be off. Um, if I, if I'm not in there getting that fresh sign mm. or not running trail cameras in that area or running trail cameras. then I mean, I rely heavily on trail cameras to try to try to give me that data. I know De Brett relies heavily on trail cameras, at least documenting, uh, trail cameras to where, okay, this is the window I need to be in this area. Cause if I'm not, then, uh, I'm, I'm not doing myself any good. Cause I've hunted areas like that before where I've just gone and was like, Oh, there's, there's tons of deer sign in here. I'm going to hunt here and sit there, see nothing, nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden light switch turns on and you, you get, there was nine different bucks cruising through there in uh, a four or five day window, uh, of that area during that seven to 10 day period. So I feel like that's why I really rely on that, like in-season scouting to go back. All right, this is when the sign was, this is when it was made. These are when these scrapes mm -hmm. started popping up. Cause I can go, oh, there's a scrape there, but I have no idea when it was made. Even if I find it in the summer, um, it could have been made in September or it could have been made in, in Florida. It could have been made in September. It could have been made in October. It could have been made in November. So if, I, if I'm hunting it at the wrong time, then uh, I'm not doing myself any favors. Mm-hmm. As Ron's been been up in his game, he he's big on the cell cams, man. And <clears throat> excuse me, guys. Um, he he's he's been getting a lot of really big deer on camera, like like oh, toads, wow. dude. You posted one the other day to the Discord group, wasn't it? You, it was like a freaking hammer that you pulled off one of your cards. No, I don't think that was me. It's been a while. Hold on, I think I think it was you, man. I think it was. I think you're sleeping on us because. You posted one not too terribly long back, and it was a, maybe it was like back in actually the season. I know I Brett, um, a, couple, a week or so ago. Hang on, I'm gonna go back here and look because I thought you posted one that just looks like a freaking hammer, dude. Uh, no, that was Kyle. That was Kyle. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. Cool, so I was gonna add to Chase. I think he's exactly right, and you're either. Well, I wouldn't say you're either, but I'd say your best times is going to be in-season scouting or post-season scouting. Because either way, you're either looking at fresh sign in-season 
or like a postseason, you're looking at sign that was laid down during the time you can actually hunt those deer, and all that rut activity is laid down. Um, if you know your area, you know what time they come into rut. If you don't, use trail cameras to figure that out. But I've seen the same thing Chase has. I know of plenty of spots. There's you will hardly catch it here at all, but you get that one month window or four, like three to four week window, and you may not have a ton of deer in there, but you're going to have the right buck. He's going to be showing up using those areas certain times of the year, and there may not even be that much sign laid down in there. And it's just spending time in the woods and figuring that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, like he said, we rely a lot on trail cameras to help figure that stuff out. Um, one of the places I've killed a nice buck in is like that. It's hardly any deer sign in there, but the right time of the year, they're going to be using it to check on uh, does and stuff. So yeah. I just find the best scouting is going to be your in-season and post-season. Now, you can find a sign during this time of the year, but it's going to be more subtle. It's going to be older, so it's subtle. It's hard. You got to rely on your woodsmanship to kind of know what you're looking at. But I, I use this time to still scout, but I also run cameras because they do no good sitting on my shelf. And I'm looking back at does when they're dropping their phones, confirming when they did go into heat and when they got bred, using that for the next year. So I'm um, just learning anything I can at all. But I, I just still like being out in the woods, walking. There's still stuff to learn. It, it may not apply beginning of the season because you may be looking at sign that was rut sign. But come rut time the next year, that will apply. And then the stuff you're finding in the off season is places to go try while you're waiting on your good spots. Mm-hmm. To basically, that window to come in, you're waiting on the right weather the right week to go in that spot, you know, you always see good deer. That's when you go try all these other spots you found during the off season. For me, that's kind of what I do. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. You don't, uh, because like I said, you can, you can burn some of those areas out if you get in there before that time. (laughs) Uh, By busting busting the does out or whatever. New spot. You're always looking oh, yeah. for that new spot or next great spot. So you're always moving, learning, preserving your deer, figuring mm-hmm. out what you can. Oh, yeah. Everything's changing. I mean, I've had spots that were jam up for two, three years in a row, and then the next year they were just cold, cold as ice. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing was coming through there uh, that next year. So you're right. You constantly need to be out there scouting. And that your in-season scouting will help you with that a little bit. And, it, I mean, if it was more enjoyable, Brett, I would be out there more <laughs> during the summertime. But, it, I mean, if you're not sprayed down with permethrin from head to toe and uh, got your snake boots on and everything else mm-hmm. and just as thick as it is, uh, I, I feel like uh, I, my time could be spent doing hanging out with the kids or, or doing, doing stuff, fishing, doing things like that, and then – uh, dive into it hardcore uh, a little bit later. That's the great thing about deer hunting. There's no one way to do it. There's probably a thousand different ways to be successful. You just have to, like Walter said earlier, 
find out the way that you like to hunt and your method and uh, kind of go with that. Take things away from other people who are similar to yourself and just to help you along that journey. Yeah. And I think I like to let my, my trail cameras do the heavy lifting right now. I want to know when the deer are coming through, dropping the, the does in Florida. When you have as unpredictable a rut as you do in Florida, I found that finding when the does in that area, I killed my big buck in 2020 because I let a long camera, uh, so a camera soak for the entire season. I went and pulled it and I was able to chronologically see when the different patterns occurred and it didn't match what I had been told and what the, the DNR map had told me for that spot. And so it was one of those situations where it was most people were putting in for this hunt and I knew I needed to put in for that hunt because those does were there. A, those does were still there because there were no hunters there. B, there were no hunters there. So I knew I kind of had that spot to myself and, and, and C, I had, Jason, I did this. I think it was like, it was years and years of data. The idea being, if you had sat there every day to, to like visibly capture the information that came by that camera, it would have been years of sits there, you know, to have been there all of those days to know when those deer had come through. And so for me, this time of year, man, we live in the fishing capital of the world down here in Florida. There's excellent fishing up there by y'all. The, 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 the scouting right now isn't super productive. And so I kind of shift gears to tinkering with gear. So I'm getting, the, I'm getting the GNU up and running because water access for me is going to be the backbone of what I do uh, for my big bucks. Now, hunting from the ground is going to be great for a lot of these quicker hunts, hunting closer to the house and some of these areas. I think I can get in there and tactically strike a lot of these areas when I only have maybe two, three hours because I don't have to drive a long distance. I don't have a long setup time. I can just get in there and set up. But <clears throat> I have had a fair amount of success recently taking like the month before the season and going out there and checking food sources and starting to take inventory on food sources about a month before the season and knowing which persimmons are going to be dropping, which oak trees are going to be dropping, looking at the acorns uh, caps from the previous year to kind of have an idea of, of when things are going to be dropping. Uh, and then I do a lot of scouting throughout the year. A lot of my hunts, I hunt during the pre the premier point of the day, you know, the first two, three hours of, of the, of, of the hunt. And then after that, I'm just moving and I'm creeping. I got an arrow knock and I'm just creeping through that swamp, learning things, creeping through that pine flat, learning things, observing deer paths and stuff like that. I just, I've got too many things pulling me in too many directions. And I think that might be one of the biggest benefits to the, to the Patreon group that we haven't talked about is the ability to go about your life and let the Brett Mashburns teach you what they're doing in the off season so that you can replicate that. Cause anybody can do this bucket cap thing that he's talking about. Anybody can, can drive in the AC condition the air conditioning of their car and find these spots to go hunt. You know, you can get on your maps and do things. Spartan Forge, shameless plug. While I was sitting here, it, the thought occurred to me, I can go to the new Lambda uh, feature, and I went to one of my spots, and I went and scrolled through 13 different uh, aerial photographs of that area. And you saw the different habitats change. I was like, oh, wait, and I backed up, and I found a pocket of oaks inside there. Now, you give me dense bedding cover and some kind of scrub oak that could be dropping acorns in early season. I mean, I, I did that sitting on the couch or well, sitting in a chair, but you could do it sitting on the couch and you could be learning these ideas for people like Brett being part of that digital deer camp. So uh, I'm glad you two are part of it for sure. They're super enthusiastic as well. You can tell they were, they were paid to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely like interacting with the, with the Marco Polo group. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there. 
and a lot of great highlights have been brought up lately. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're working on that. We got a special project where we're we're pulling all of the greatest hits. And we I said to the to the Patreon members, I was like, hey, tell me what your greatest hits are. And so everybody's been sending me polls. I didn't realize how many things got saved in that group, which is a little frightening on my part. Um, <laughs> but um, y'all been bombarding me with these polos. And so we're going to do a special intro. I'll go ahead and tease it now. We're going to do a, spe- a special Patreon intro, uh, podcast intro for you guys. And it's going to be nothing but clips and snippets from some of the highlights that have happened. Because I want you guys to see what goes on in that group. It is hysterical. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they're definitely I'm busy. A, I'm more of a listener because all these guys got a bunch of knowledge like Brett, Split Shot, Graybeard, Florida Man. Split Shot for sure. And uh, I'm more of a listener. and I try to take in as much as possible. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like its own podcast itself. Yeah. Like it's its own. It's like it's a whole day long of like podcast kind of little snippets that you can uh take away i mean i tune in from time to time but i mean there's days where i don't look at my phone i'm at work or whatever and then i pop that thing up it's like 130 new polos and i'm like <laughs> there's no way even well on twice the speed i'm like sometimes i'll just set it and play it kind of in the background to keep up with what uh everybody's doing but it's definitely the group members that keep that thing running i mean yeah. there's every day there's uh, the core group of guys that are getting on every day saying uh or uh, what's up tail chasers or uh qu- question of oh, the day there's beard. always yeah great beard yeah. All, what's up tail chasers there's always walter with his question of the day uh going on and a lot of time like i'm not even getting i'm not touching this i'm not getting involved <laughs> <of> the <laughs> but uh it's good to hear the responses and like you mentioned uh there's a lot of knowledge in there from gear setups uh hunting and a lot of these guys reach out to each other and get together hunt together uh there's a lot of guys that hunt close to each other uh go scouting together i mean it, it really is a, uh, a a great place to hang out new hunter experienced hunter i mean you're going to take away something from it mm. yeah it, for me for instance i'm a pretty solo hunter and this is my group that I actually get to share my experiences with. Like when I shoot a, you know, a deer or something, I have somebody to tell and show my enthusiasm with. I mean, from that aspect, it's really cool. Cause it's, it's like your own deer camp right there in your hand, in your pocket, you know, and everybody awesome. is uh, really, really great people. And you learn a whole lot more than just deer hunt. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff talked about. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a deer mentor group. It's been a fishing mentor group. It's been a life coaching group. Uh, we've had people, we've had people go through like traumatic, several, several people have gone through some really traumatic stuff and, and life changing events and the group's been there for them and everybody roots them on. And sometimes people have things to contribute that, that have been awesome. So uh, it's, <laughs> Uh, it's been you awesome. Just, you just remind, I mean, I just had a thought go through my head of this is early days, Marco Polo. I don't even think he's a Patreon anymore, but literally gets home, has a note on the table, say, or his yes! girlfriend or wife was like, I'm leaving you. I mean, he was hunting a lot. Like, but in his it, house and everything. Yeah. It goes and he's like, well, I lost another one, guys, from hunting. Yeah. And I'm like, is this really happening on Polo? Yeah. <laughs> 
I think, I was it Tim? Man. Was it Tim? It was Tim. Yeah, it was, it Tim. was Tim. Tim. He comes on there, and I'm just like, holy cow. But, I mean, it's like, what do you say to that? <laughs> I don't it's just, you, I mean, you kind of be there for the guy or whatever and support yeah. him. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on that Marco Polo for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a hoot what, over there, man. Would you rather questions? Well, okay, let's close out with this. And I think – so, first off, I just had an idea. We're doing a would you rather round table sometime real soon. And th- we're going to have a blast with this. And I think what I'm going to do is we're going to pull would you rather questions from the Patreon group, get together a group of guys and do a, then do a would you rather podcast. And I think that's one where we have to be drinking beer or something because that one needs to get sporty uh, for sure. There you go. The gold label. But I'm going to postulate the question just to give you guys a snippet, just a little taste of what happens in this group i'm going to give you guys the question i don't think chase answered this one you two answered this one but i don't think chase answered this one so chase would you rather fight a chicken every time you get in your car or would you rather fight an orangutan once a year with a melee weapon of your choice Ooh, that one's gonna be tough, boy. Because I'm—I mean, that orangutan's probably gonna kick my butt. <laughs> so I get a weapon of my choice, and I only gotta fight it. I gotta fight it once a year. Melee weapon of your choice. Yeah, you don't get like a thirty cal rifle. You can just pop them from a mile. Okay, so away, I get yeah. a melee like weapon. In your life. Yeah, yeah. So once a year. Once a year for the rest of my life, or I have to fight a chicken every day for the rest of my life inside. Every time you get in your car. Oh gosh. Uh, I'm going with the orangutan just cause I ain't got that kind of time, boy. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going with the orangutan once a year for the rest of my life. I mean, geez. I'll take Think of the pay-per-views you can make, all the money you can make. I mean, yeah. I mean that now the chicken, I mean, I'm going to have a lot of chicken breasts probably. I mean, obviously. So, I mean, there, there is that, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to have to deal with that every time I get inside my vehicle. So just like, think about it. Think about the food costs. Your wife's like, I don't have anything to make. Hold on, honey. You grab a baseball bat. You walk out to your car, you open the car door and you just whack a chicken that you can fry for dinner. I mean, I'm just saying, well, just think about the damage that chicken's (laughs) probably doing inside your vehicle. Oh, that's true. Were you rhino line the inside of your car? I mean, is does it just pop up like the second you open the door? Yeah. Or is it just in your vehicle? Here's the the thing you don't know, Chase. If you die via the orangutan, is it all over? I didn't say you get reincarnated. It's not like you just uh what what do the gamers call it? When when you just like repopulate in the game. Like you you don't just like wake up the next day like whoo. Spawn, I mean, spawn. what Thank what, you. If, what if I have the skill to turn that thing into my pet and then I have this cool orangutan? I think that's me. a stretch. The, the, the would you rather was a fight. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a chicken being in your vehicle every time you open the door is a stretch. And, but here's the deal. How are you going <laughs> to capture it if you don't know when it's going to pop up, Chase? You're just walking through the woods like, oh, look at that deer. Whack. Orangutan. Knocks you out. You're done. Yeah, but I, I'm, I have a melee weapon of my choice. So obviously a melee weapon is going i would never carry a melee weapon and then i have a melee weapon and it's going to pop up so. you know the orangutan will literally rip your arms off of you they're so strong if they get their hands on you you're done okay and one well, day and one day you'll be old age and you won't be able to compete against them and he'll beat you with them old arms who says that the orangutan is uh, uh an adult 
male. I mean, you didn't mention Ooh. any of that. It could have been just a little baby a- orangutan. Are you going to beat a baby orangutan to death? Is that what you just said on the podcast? I said that I was going to turn it into a pet. I said I was going to turn it into a pet, Walter. Nothing I says, nothing says that I can't trap the thing. Some kids on the way to, to school having listened to this podcast and their favorite animals and orangutan. And Chase is like, I might be able to kill a baby orangutan every year. I mean, this works out perfect, you know? Like I never said I would ever kill the orangutan. You gotta fight it. You gotta fight it. Yeah, but I mean, heck, I How could probably fight use a- Brett's ghillie suit and uh, trap the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yes right, that's guys. a difficult decision for sure yeah brett are you team fajitas are you team chicken what? team fajitas or are you team rain tank yeah uh, i'm chicken yeah me too that's it there we go I don't want to get about 60 years old and orangutan rip my dang arms off nope. of my body and i die i can live for a long time with chickens that's right that's why i can keep hunting yes. for a little longer <laughs> all right guys well i appreciate y'all taking time out your evening this is a blast i i told chase i was like hey man i'm gonna get brett to come on the podcast he's like we'll see if he's available and i'm like he's available and then i told chase I was like yo if you can't get on the podcast i'm gonna reach out to brett and get him on the podcast and chase mm-hmm. is like okay cool and then i was like mm, screw it i'm calling brett anyway or texting brett anyways or uh ron and uh ron's like yeah man when i'm like when you got those ride or dies like that man you were just you're set so I appreciate everything you guys do uh, for the group, being a part of the Patreon group, always spreading gear and deer knowledge and and having a good time and keeping up with, with the bold predictions and the random shenanigans I come up with, uh, Ron. I know that's a full-time job, but uh, it's great. (laughs) It's great to have you guys there. And if you're listening to this and you would rather answer some, would you rather questions throughout the course of the day and pick the brains of of these fellas and and listen to some of my, my, ridiculousness now i will say this: some of my questions of the day i literally just walk in kick the hornet's net over and shut the door behind me and i don't check it for like a hundred polos behind me so it's uh and yeah um they can be some humdingers but uh <laughs> but if you want to be a part of that check it out the, the links in the show notes or you can go to jason tales t-a-l-e-s outdoors.com forward slash uh, Patreon, and uh, it'll take you there. There's a variety of ways. Just Google it. It's not that hard, and we'd love to have you over there. We'd love to uh, to just fish and, and talk and have a good time. So until next time, no matter what you do, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. <laughs>